Hey, and welcome to the Get Richer Teacher podcast. My name is Ola, and I'll be your guide and mentor on your way to realizing your potential as an educator. If the title of the podcast is triggering, that's even better, because that means that I still have some work to do. My mission is to help teachers work independently and believe that they deserve more freedom and more money. As a teacher, you are allowed to work with your perfect students rather than some random people challenging how much you charge and asking why so much. If you're ready to become a richer teacher, build and scale an independent teaching business that can support your dreams and your lifestyle, then you're in the right place. The world knows that teachers are superheroes. Let's get paid what we're worth, shall we? Hey teacher, welcome to another episode of Get Richer Teacher. And today I wanted to start with a rant. I've recently posted about it on my social media. I just wanted to share it with you here. I am totally annoyed with Instagram at the moment. I uh, I think I've had enough of how badly it's treating us. It's basically... Like, honestly, it's the the numbers, everything is so unpredictable. And mind you, I used to absolutely love being on Instagram all the time. But to be honest, in the last two weeks, which is also quite significant because it was two weeks leading up to a course launch, which is, you know, it suggests that I should be more active. I wasn't because I couldn't keep up with the changing changes in, I don't know, the algorithm, the engagement, honestly. and. It's, I, I, I get it that sometimes all of us fall into that trap of blaming the, 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 the outside kind of, kind of uh, factors for our, say, failures or things that are not working really well. But to be honest, I am generally a very positive person and I don't really mind when things just temporarily don't work for me. But I've decided there is a bigger issue there. I've decided, I've realized that Instagram especially, but I think it could be the case with other social media as well, um, has been treating me like this, like a child, basically. So only if I behave... um, only if I behave the way it wants me to behave, it's uh, rewarding me. And then if I don't, if I do things that feel good to me, it's basically punishing me. So for example, all the recent advice that I've heard is if you really want to grow, <laughs> it's just this word really as well. Um, if you really want to grow on Instagram, you should probably post more than once a day now. Honestly, can you imagine yourself doing that? Because I can't. Um, number two was, are you posting too many stories? And I'm like, yeah, I post a lot of stories because I love being on stories. And I'm that's just like my favorite thing to do, to connect with my audience via Instagram stories. So now I'm supposed not to do it? Jesus, I'm so confused and conflicted. So this rant and this whole anger, I think, has been kind of boiling in me for for months actually i've i've realized and luckily i have found different ways of keeping my business afloat and being um less addicted to it and less uh, maybe not addicted but less dependent on it um because i personally think that we our what we know 
as teachers and what we think as human beings is worth so much more than what um, social media rates it for. Because basically, sometimes I see teachers who post so much valuable stuff, and I would say it doesn't even matter if it's perfectly aligned with their business, but they've they genuinely care. They genuinely make so much effort to, into um, put so much effort into learning the ropes of uh, social media, and then nothing crickets. And I feel like that's not the way it should be. And I feel like, well, you know, algorithm isn't a person. Algorithm isn't, uh, you know, is we shouldn't be like offended by it because this is just how it works. But then. It also is a reflection of what the masses think. And what if we're not there to please the masses? What if our views, what if our methods of teaching, what if what we've got to say is not mainstream? I'm annoyed that then there is literally no platform for that or that it's very hard to build a platform for that. So I think that we should all be thinking and uh, reflecting on how we're using social media. My recent um, my recent steps that I've taken to take back control over my usage and um, consumption of social media is that I unfollowed most people I used to follow. I used to follow about 500 people. Now, if you go onto my profile, there is only 30 something. Um, so please do not take it personally if I unfollowed you. There is no, It's nothing personal. It's just me taking back control. I need to stop scrolling. As a person with ADHD, I get extremely distracted by things. So I just had to do it for my own mental health. And I really, really um, recommend it to you, especially if you have been following people who give you advice that you feel kind of pressured to follow because that's that's I know that sometimes it's very hard to discern and you just trust people who call themselves experts like the Instagram gurus or or some some even business coaches or or like other people um who just do things and you just assume oh if they have lots of followers then it means that they must know something that I don't know but what if we just stepped back and started listening to your to our own intuition when I stepped back, I stopped looking at what my uh, competitors do, at what teachers do. So I stopped being distracted by it. And I just started actually thinking about ideas, ideas for how I can help my community better. I started listening more to my existing clients, to people in our email marketing challenge. Like it's, it's, it's given me so much that I didn't even expect it would uh, give me so I would definitely recommend if you if you still follow lots of accounts and you want to take a bit of a break unfollowing lots of people that trigger you that you just followed for the sake of following is probably a good move and it's not to say that I want you to disappear from social media because I still think it's a wonderful tool I still think there is place and space and time for social media in your life personal life, but also in your business. Like, obviously, it is still free. It is, yes, maybe we have to do things uh, and play by its rules 
at times, but we can definitely control um, how we do it and when we do it. And I wanted to give you a few tips on how to stop worrying about it um, because I feel that the core of or the root of that worry about social media content and being present on social media is actually quite deep, you know. It's something that I've identified in myself and I've identified um, in my clients and I, I dare say in the society as well. So there are a lot of people who have come into my world to say, I don't have any social media presence. And the way they said it was with great shame and guilt, as if it was a crime not to be present on social media. And while I do believe that, yes, it's useful to be present on social media, we literally cannot let it govern our lives. Because, again, we are human beings. We are not made to just spend all of our lives on social media. So I would question that. Why do you think you have to be present on social media? What do you think? What is that scare in you that makes you think that if you're not present, something is going to happen? What is that something? Is it, are you afraid that uh, people are not, are going to forget about you? What if I told you that they wouldn't? What if I told you that people don't remember about you just because you show up with your content on social media, with your useful um, language tips or things like that. What if you could still, what if you could still um, be consistent in building your business and being, because very often in marketing, we say you have to be the front uh, in the mind of your ideal client. And I still agree. But what if I told you that that's, We've completely misunderstood this and the way people do it on social media is exhausting and ineffective. So what if I told you that you can totally fall off the wagon of social media posting at times and still come back to it when you feel more ready, when you feel more um, balanced, when you feel like you are more creative or whatever it is that you need because sometimes that break is literally what we need to stop being afraid and stop acting on autopilot so I would question the fear around it okay question the fear around it my tip number two is gonna be think really about your social media presence as a whole and why you decided to be present in the first place so many people ask me, which social media platform should I choose? And I, my first answer, and this is going to be the essence of that tip. I don't care which social media platform you choose. It literally doesn't matter. It's not a choice or a, it's, it is a bit of a preference. But the most important thing that you need to ask yourself is where is it more likely to find your ideal people? Because if it's not Instagram, and if Instagram has been very hard for you, then you absolutely need to change that. Because otherwise, you're going to be keep being exhausted and frustrated by it. Because maybe your people are just not there, or maybe they don't. It's hard for them to see their to see your content. And remember, it's not enough that you change your strategy, add different hashtags, and. Um, post more content. It doesn't work like this. 
social media, Instagram is a very tricky platform because people unfortunately have that belief that the more they post, the more it will reach new audiences. It is true to some extent, but what if this wasn't the only way? I actually think that we should be networking much more. And there are other platforms where you can do that, such as LinkedIn or Facebook. So ask yourself, what is it? Then think about it. Who is that ideal person that you would want to attract to your world? Where are they likely to spend their time? Maybe it is on Instagram because they are quite young. Maybe it is TikTok. Maybe it's YouTube. Or maybe it's something else. So this is the question you should be asking yourself. And my tip number three is something that um, a lot of people think would make it even more difficult to stay visible and to um, kind of stay consistent in their marketing efforts is I think you need an email list. You I think you need to write emails because it's way more sustainable. It's way more effective, way easier for you to express who you are personally, who you are as a teacher and to communicate your values and the value of your offers and your business via email. And I think people pay more attention there. I, I, don't, I don't think, I know that. People pay much more attention there. So if you're currently thinking that you're on social media, but you don't, you're not gaining much traction, then I think that the email um, marketing route is your natural solution to it. Because by building a list that you probably would start by building a freebie would clarify so many things. So in the Race to 100 challenge that we just ran last week, we taught people that you need to create a freebie that would be a solution or a quick win to somebody's problem. So when you give yourself time and permission to think about what kind of resource would solve a problem for my audience, you start seeing things that you may have not seen before. Because social media content with lots of language tips or study tips or things like that is actually easy to produce. It's just exhausting because we have to constantly produce it. But when it comes to coming up with a resource that people would like to download in exchange for the email, it's a little bit more difficult. And it's supposed to be difficult because thinking of business strategy, because it is one step of a business strategy, is not an easy thing. But I think it will give you more. It will give you an insight into what people actually want from you and what you can in the future sell to them. So the more popular your freebie will be or the more popular your free webinar resource, whatever, PDF will be, the more likely it is that this topic that you chose is something that you can later sell. On the other hand, if you're not gaining much traction, then you could think about tweaking it. You can think about changing its title or changing its topic so that maybe it would be more aligned with what people need um, at the moment from you. And again, then you shift the focus, you shift the perspective because rather than posting relentlessly on social media, your goal becomes to build that list of people, people who choose to be on your list. So very often with social media is that Yes, they follow you. Yes, they click follow. But it's a very, very, very low level of commitment. While with email, there is much more focus on the fact that they want to be there because they liked your 
um, your resource, they might like your vibe or whatever else it is. Obviously not everybody, so don't worry. It's not all black or white or all or nothing. It's not going to be everybody, but just the chances are much higher. So email marketing has literally been one of my favorite things to work on in, in my business, growing my list and especially being creative about it. And again, if you were in the one uh, race to 100 challenge, I gave you tons of ideas of how to uh, grow on how to grow your list. So you've got things to choose from. Um, and then it also makes it easier to uh, to actually focus your contents of content around. Mm. So I think the answer is quite easy. And another thing, and it's like tip number four slash another benefit of email marketing, what a lot of people don't realize is that they not only can, but they should repurpose their email content. So when you write, let's say, starting, a lot of people decide to send emails uh, every other week. So rather than every week, which is something that I do now and I would say I recommend when you've got the capacity, um, you write an email that is not super long, but usually longer than a caption of a social media post. What you can do with that is break it down into a few sections so that your social media posts are ready. And then within those posts, posts you can also um, promote your freebie. Isn't that absolutely beautiful how that kind of ecosystem of content creation would work? So, there is a live uh, happening today um, about repurposing your email content. Uh, so if you are listening this um, in the morning on Monday, then you probably uh, still have a chance to join. If not, I'm sure the recording is already available. Um, repurposing is going to save your sanity. It has definitely saved my sanity in my business. So it's just another way of thinking about, oh, okay, if I can think of a, an email every other week, then I can just break it down rather than having to come up with little ideas for every day of the week or for three days a week. It just makes your life easier. So that would be the end of my tips for now. And uh, I also wanted to share the news, but I'm pretty sure you've already heard about it, um, that what's currently happening is we are inviting people to join us in our new course, who is us, by the way, myself and Lauren at copy.copy, who is a fantastic copywriter. We have built a course We've been working on it for months. It's absolutely brilliant and it's going to help you connect with your audience, sell and feel freer in your um, language business. It's called Email Fluent and the doors are open until the 19th of May um, and we would absolutely love for you to join. So if you seem convinced, if you... Uh, but maybe still have some doubts, we are very open to questions. So please, please, please message us on Instagram or via email and let us know if there is anything else that you're not sure about that you would like to know uh, about email marketing or about the course because we 
genuinely think it's going to help so many people get off that hamster wheel of social media content creation, but at the same time will become an amazing and effective tool of marketing uh, their language services. So if that sounds like something you would want, then Email Fluent will definitely be for you. The link is in the description of this uh, episode, um, just in case you were wondering. It's olakowalska.com slash email fluent, uh, a name we're very proud of as well, <laughs> because we've divided the course into uh, the CEFR levels of language proficiency from A1 to C2, which is so clever, I know. Um, and that is it, my lovely. Um, if you feel pulled, then I think it's time for you to join. We would love to welcome you on board of Email Fluent. Otherwise, um, I'm going to finish here. And thank you so much for listening. And I'll see you in the next episode. Bye. It's not your fault that you don't know how to make good money as a teacher or how to market your teaching. Nobody's ever taught you, but I'm on a mission to change that. Teachers make the world a better place and they can be excellent at business. They just need direction. That's what I'm giving you here and on my YouTube channel under the same name. Make sure that you also follow me on Instagram at ola underscore coaches underscore teachers and check out my website www.olakowalska.com to see if any of my paid offers, including my one-to-one -one coaching, my business foundation course, The Rocket, or my membership for teachers in business could be the right fit for you. I'll see you soon in the next episode.